0: Welcome, listeners. Welcome, listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert, the place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low-effort passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of Real Estate Investing Insights. Welcome back to
1: another episode of Deeds in the Desert. I'm your host today, Izzy Urizari. Let's get this thing started. I have a great guest today. You have heard her on a few other episodes, Chief Compliance Officer, Misty Bethany. Hi. All right, Misty. Let's get right into what today's topic is. Accounts, applications, how to get started at Ignite Funding, and some of the things that myself as well as you, deal with when we are opening these new accounts. And all we're going to do today is just talk about how we can streamline the process for each application, do's and don'ts along the entire way. And uh, Misty's going to give in a little bit more detail, especially from the compliance side, on why your application may either get denied or why we may need additional documentation. So Misty, first things first, what is the first way we can streamline the process for um, an investor?
2: Go to Ignite's website and apply online.
1: Bingo. Thank you very much. That is one way you can do that. And what we mean by that is um, we understand not every single investor um, is savvy enough to go on the website, go to the application, fill out all the information, attach forms, yada, yada, yada. But At the same time, we do see a lot of mistakes when clients do send in PDFs. Sometimes they're separated pages. Sometimes there's things not signed. Uh, Sometimes they forget to fill out things because they don't know it's required. So first things first, go to IgniteFunding.com, go to the Get Started page, and then you can do the application online. That is the first true way to um, streamline the process of opening your account. So let's say you go ahead and do that. The first thing that happens is we will receive your account. Uh, myself and the marketing team will review that. And the two things that we look for the most is is the ID or the um, the identification. You can do a passport. Uh, what are some other things they can do as well, Misty? Really, it's passport, passport and driver's ID. license. Yeah. yeah, we look for those to not be expired. That's always the first thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> make sure it's updated too. If you haven't lived at that address, I mean please go get that updated um, because those are things that we're going to utilize in the account. Uh, Second thing is, is that we do need a W-9 from you. And nine times out of 10, the biggest thing that gets missed is the W-9 is not signed and dated. And that is important because with most documents being um, legal binding, they do need to be signed and dated. So that is definitely something that... um, That is very hard um, to have to deal with on a day to day basis, not just for the client, but from the Ignite funding standpoint, because we want your account to be open fast. Right, Misty? Yes. If we could open it in five minutes, we would. But um, that's just not the case sometimes. Help us help you. Yes, that's the best way. Help us help you. Um, So I'm going to get into the um, nitty gritty on another um, type of account because the one we were talking about is just a basic cash account. But we're going to jump into a business account. And this is where I feel Misty specializes the most in and where I see a lot of rejections occur is usually in the business account. So Misty, what are the requirements for somebody who wants to open a business account to invest at Ignite Funding?
2: So, you know, those are more complicated accounts, although we do try and streamline it. So if you were applying online, it it should be a no-brainer. And if you ever have any trouble as you're going through the online process, reach out to us. We're happy to walk you through that. But the documents that are needed are basically your business documents. We need your articles of incorporation, any entity documents you have. Better to send more than not enough, right, and make sure they're signed and executed. An unsigned set of business documents is doesn't have any meaning to us. We need them to be executed,
1: yeah, I mean we we see that like like I said, we see that day to day. I think we just saw it yesterday actually, and it's unfortunate because especially sometimes, you know, as many of our listeners know our our loans are in high demand, and if you want to go on a specific project, I mean it, it this will just slow down the entire process so making sure those um documents are signed is very very important um what what are some other things you see with the business accounts that you typically um we either have to go back to get more information or you just deny them
2: Some t- the, so all 50 states are different right mm-hmm. and so we do require a certificate of good standing mm-hmm. to verify that just that the business is in good standing with whichever state
1: it was created in where can they get that from
2: they can get that through the Secretary of State's website for that yeah. specific state. Mm-hmm. A lot, of, Most often, it's not included. And so I try and save some time. If I can go on as a third party and request that from the state, I will go ahead and do that. But there are some states that will not allow third parties to get that information. And so the business owner has to get it themselves. Um, if you, I recommend that it exp- usually expires once a year. I recommend if you're going to be doing business within that entity, you just keep a current one on file.
1: What about for businesses that have uh, multiple um, owners? Um, what are the specifics you look for when you receive one of those applications? So we have to go
2: digging into your business entity docs, and we need to find out who is authorized to sign. And sometimes that's only one signer is needed, and that's great and fine. Sometimes two signers, sometimes multiple. As compliance officer, we have to know who legally can sign on behalf of that business. And so what we'll find is we'll have One person fill out the application, but it requires two signers. And if it does, we need the information on both signers. They both need to execute not only that application, but they'll have to execute loan documents moving forward in tandem as well.
1: How does the taxes work with the businesses when they submit their applications?
2: Well, I'm by no means a tax expert, so that's my disclaimer for this afternoon. But typically, if you have a business, you want the business to be taxed. That's you know you would set it up for tax reasons, mm-hmm. and so I cannot think of a single situation in which you would answer the question: Is the business the taxable entity? No. However, we get that quite a bit, don't we, Izzy?
1: Yeah, we do, we do see that a lot, and it's 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 kind of frustrating, but it's it's understandable. It just it's it's not that it's a lack of education. It's just either people just don't know, or they just over it's a it's an overstep. So that's one thing that I think. A lot of people miss the most when they're filling out the business application is that they don't put who the taxable entity is. And if we don't know who that is, we're not going to open the account. So,
2: right. And so at the end of the day, we have to report the interest paid to the IRS. And so with a business account, we have two options it's going to be to the EIN assigned to the business or to the individual social security number. I do, cannot fathom any reason why an individual would want to be personally taxed when they have created a business. But I will say, and I don't want to jump ahead and complicate matters, a lot of our more savvy investors have what we call checkbook LLCs.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the next thing I want to jump into. Okay.
2: Yep. And so those are are actually set up on our end as a business account.
1: So they're not IRAs because checkbook LLCs are held in IRAs but people assume it's going to be an IRA custodial account.
2: Right, and it's the form is different than our custodial form. So those would typically be set up as a business account. Yeah. And so I think that as they're going through filling that information out and they get to that question that says is the business a taxable entity? They're saying no. It's in my IRA but in reality yes the business is the taxable entity because they do not want to receive that 1099 to their personal social Correct. they definitely want it to go through the custodian and you know there's those more savvy investors have more complicated taxation issues that i'm sure that whoever they're working with can help guide them through as
1: well let's jump into uh, iras um since we're on that topic Um, IRAs, I personally, this is just my own opinion, I think they're one of the easiest uh, accounts to open up, especially if you're working with one of the six custodians we currently work with as of today. Um, The reason being is that the six that we have understand our process, they understand real estate, and they also have all of our documents on file and vice versa. So that helps with the streamlining of that. Typically, when you're submitting an IRA, whether you're at one one of the six, any of the six that we work with, uh, you submit the application, the only real additional piece of information that we need aside from your account number at that custodian is, um, uploading your ID, your driver's license or passport. Um, and that, that's pretty much it. Um, from there, you've already done all the hard work by having the IRA. So, um, it's, it's pretty simple to open. That account Um, gets opened in two minutes. mm -hmm. Um, Let's jump over to, because um, since that was very simple, uh, let's jump over to uh, revocable or irrevocable trusts. What are things that you need typically for for those when they submit it? Because that's just a cash account, of course.
2: It's a cash account. It's very similar in, in the paperwork requirements to a business account. So same thing, trust documents are key because every trust is written differently And so I need to know who the signers for the trust are. Sometimes trustees can act independently. Sometimes they cannot. So I spend a lot of my time reading through those trusts just as much as I do business entity documents. And that's really the the key factor.
1: Um, Is there anything that that raises red flags, though, when you typically see a trust? Is there anything that you usually have to come back and –
2: Sometimes it's not clear who legally can sign on behalf of the trust. Mm-hmm. And they and the trustees may not fully understand either. Mm-hmm. So they may say, no, I, I can sign independently. I don't need my spouse to sign as well. But it's not clearly written that way in the trust documents. And so that's the one thing I would just, you know, review your trust documents. Make mm-hmm. sure it is doing what you want it to do. And if necessary, make an amendment to the trust.
1: Well, I was about to actually talk about amendments. Um, do you suggest people, every time they do amend, give us the most updated trust documents?
2: Absolutely. Very important to do that.
1: Yeah. So for those investors that we do have out there, if you are investing with Ignite Funding and you and you haven't actually uh, done so, and you, um, I would definitely send us over any updated trust documents that you have because um, for those that do use those, I mean, you can update those as much as you would like. I yeah, mean, absolutely. all the dates are on there. I mean, whether you're adding in children, you're adding in assets, um, you're, you're shifting who the trustees are, anything that you're doing, um, please always update that. And that doesn't just go for trust documents that goes for anything. If you're investing in Ignite funding and you, you decide to move that's a big thing. If you change your phone number or your email, those are very big things because then we can't reach you. Um, or your bank account number. Or, or your bank account. Yeah, please. Oh, let's. you know what, Misty? Let's just jump right into that next. <laughs> Banking information. So you've opened your account. You've streamlined the process. You've listened to everything Misty and I have told you to do today. And now it's time for you to invest. Everything's going great. And this relates to filling out your application correctly. We understand we're human. There's errors that occur. But if you want to ensure you're going to get your interest payment, please make sure the banking information you've provided us is accurate, making sure that there's no digits missing, making sure there's no added digits, making sure the bank routing number, everything in general is exactly what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we do see that often. You know, a lot of people do um, mistype, and we understand that does happen, but that is a very key key component to making sure that you do get your interest payments.
2: Yes. And a quick tip for those who may not know routing numbers are always nine digits. So if you ever oh. wonder which one's your account number and which one's your routing number, well, nine digits is a routing number.
1: Well there you go the universal uh that's pro tip. I appreciate that Misty. <laughs> nine digits for the routing number. That's really good to know um last thing i want to leave you before we um, get off today's episode is um are there any potential um are there any potential drawbacks from having a joint account and what i mean by that there's a cash account it's a simple cash account but a joint account doesn't have to be a spouse it can be you know a brother and a sister sibling um not just siblings aunt and uncle whoever it is two people but are there any drawbacks to opening a joint account
2: well, I mean, it's it's the time and efficiency, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's up to the individual. So the drawback would be that if you have a joint account, you b- must both sign and execute all of the documents every single time. So mm-hmm. not only the loan documents, but the special power of attorney, any subsequent documents that would, would be sent out after the fact. And as long as you understand that going in and that's what you want, then that's great. Along those same lines... One of the questions that we get a lot is from investors, let's say a husband and wife, who share an email address. Right. There is not a way for us when we're sending out documents to send that out to the same email right, and identify who it belongs to. Yeah. So I recommend, you know, you guys can share passwords and all of those things if that if that's easy for you to do. But do use separate email addresses, it'll make things much easier and clearer for both of you.
1: Perfect. So once again, just to reiterate, to streamline the process, just go to ignitefunding.com, go to the get started page, Pick which type of application you're going to go ahead and start working on. And um, one thing I didn't point out earlier in the episode is that if you fill out everything and you start going through and you double check everything and you submit and you still get an error, the reason being is that you didn't fill out something correctly. We try to have all those different stopping points to ensure that we get the most information that we need before it is submitted. And typically pro tip the reason why it gets rejected is that you didn't upload um the document needed so that could be the w9 the entity docs like misty was mentioning on the business account that can be an id whatever have you but those those are required fields so if you don't do that and you're getting a, a blocked um a red x on something that's why it's not going through if you do happen to get um everything submitted, you will receive a pop-up page that tells you your Ignite funding application has been submitted. Please wait 24 to 48 hours to process and you will hear from an invest uh, your, either your investment agent or a representative from Ignite funding. You will also receive a confirmation email sent directly to the email that you did provide. If you do not see that, check your spam, check your junk folders. Um, something's got to give on that, but we do make sure we get that confirmation email out to you. Um, And that's, that's about it. I mean, it does take about 24 to 48 hours to open an account, but as we said in the episode, all the little things, the drawbacks, the little nuanced things that we need here can prevent that from happening and prolonging your time to invest at Ignite Funding.
2: And one thing I would add too, if you do have a more complicated situation, a business Mm -hmm. or a qualified plan that you're you're just not quite sure how to fill that application out just stop send it send us those documents the entity yeah, documents definitely. or the plan documents if it's a qualified account and I am happy to look at those and let you know exactly which application to use and what subsequent documents we may need. It'll save you a lot of frustration, and me too. Yeah, I was about to say save you everybody
1: know? in the and everybody that's involved a lot of frustration. So that that's a great way. I'm glad uh, Misty pointed that out. So um, that's that's why she does what she does. So. If we didn't cover something or you have additional questions, just go ahead and feel re- free to reach out to us at info at ignitefunding.com. Misty, myself, or another representative will be able to help you streamline that process and get you in investing and earning those double-digit returns that you not only want, but deserve. Thanks again for listening to this episode on Deeds in the Desert. We'll see you guys on the next one.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation.